27 of the fourth time around. I am your ever-present host, Ross Everett Olsaver. From the left of the internet, hailing all the way from Irving, Texas, we have the Italian amongst us, Michael Mayella. How are you, Mike? Doing good. Italian stallion, actually. Is what I, I don't see so. just saying that. It makes well, me sweat. And uncomfortably. Right. Yeah. All right, but but also in the next room over from Mike in Irving, Texas. <laughs> no, we're in the we're in the same room. We're in the same bed this time. Okay, in the same Seven room seconds. in Irving, Texas. Um, Gregory Clyde Wolf II. Greg, how you doing, buddy? Good, sir. How is it having Mike back in town for a full week? Oh, it's uh, been you know eventful. You know, yeah. I figure what to do. Yeah, has he been pushing you to 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 go out more? Or? Uh, no, you know. It's uh, it's pretty warm down here, so we're both a lot just of air boring people you could ever hang out with. So <laughs> we, we haven't done anything. So you just sit there and stare at each other. So. Yeah, that's that's why we podcast, so we can just communicate with the outside yeah. world. Awesome. Well, uh, well, good. All right. Well, thanks thanks for being here. It's really <laughs> thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, staring yes. at each other. Well, as you may or may not know, out there in electronic land, um, last week was, was a very important week um, for for, uh, for those of you not spending all of your time like me watching the World Cup. Something else happened called the E3 Expo, I believe, which is the Entertainment Electronic uh, something. Greg, what is the? Yeah, I think Expo is the last Expo. word. Is that, that, so it's E3, I guess, totally. Right. Um, and, and usually out of this thing comes a lot of announcements. There are usually three keynote uh, speakers uh, from, from software and hard company, hardware companies, uh, Sony, uh, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Um, for the first time ever on fourth time round, we have the satellite ability to yeah. actually call people in the outside world and, uh, and get some field reporting. Um, so we have we have a live correspondent, uh, a live reporter there um, with, I believe, a couple of different correspondents. Um, so we're going to go live now uh, to Christian Dupree. Uh, how you doing, Christian? Hello, are you there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're here. We're here. You can... I, am, I am here at E3. It's, a, it's an electronic extravaganza expo. It's you what don't, it should be. You don't have to do the English thing. You can just talk normal. I, I, wanted, I wanted to sound like a real reporter, though. Yeah, no, it was good. It was BB, yeah. BBC Radio Radio <laughs> One. Right. Yeah. But I, 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 well, I had some friends help me. Wait, you mean we didn't get a real reporter? I thought this was from England. Yeah. No, no, he's not. A, he's not a real reporter from England. Um, but 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 he is. He is a real reporter on the fourth time round show. So Christian, right. what do you got for us? What do you? What's going on out there? Well, uh, actually, I was able to uh, acquiesce some FaceTime with some pretty important people around. Like you said earlier, there's uh, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, they're all out here. And uh, I got a chance to talk to a member from each of their companies awesome. uh, just to kind of see what's going on. And uh, I have actually one of them right here. He just goes by the name Dan Tindo. Okay. Uh, he's a skinny, small-looking individual, definitely a gamer type. But he was telling me about uh, some of Nintendo's cool products, so I'm going to welcome uh, Dan Nintendo here. Cool, cool. So it's, you're you're from Nintendo. Tell us what is what is Nintendo up to these days? Well, you know, uh, you know, a lot of hype leading up to E3 this year. Uh, about a month back, there was a leak of a uh, Nintendo kind of implementing a 3D technology into their DS, and of course, we've debuted it. Uh, 
looks good. Looks good. It's basically elevating 3D to the point where we're not requiring any sort of uh, glasses or anything. The 3D visuals come right off of the screen. There's a special filter that's put on top of the top screen, the dual screen of DS, and produces a 3D visual effect. Holy pretty, pretty shit. Cool stuff. Yeah. Mike Mello, what do you think about that? You're always you're always fearful of technology. Um, yeah, is this like a hologram or what is this? <laughs> it's not a hologram. It's got full on depth. Uh, it's not as cool. Huh. Huh. But uh, no, it's full on depth. You can uh, you can see amazing things, and uh, they debuted they a few software pieces they debuted with it, um, which make you know some hardcore gaming purists out there quite happy. Among those was a new Kid Icarus game. Those ah, sweet. Spent, spent your days playing that 8-bit masterpiece. We'll be happy to know that it's being resurrected once again, and the uh, the kid will will fly once again. With it looks pretty sweet. Um, and of course, Nintendo had a few other big guns. You know, in the past few E3s, a lot of uh, Nintendo fanboys have been disappointed by their showing. You know, they came out yeah. with Wii Music, which was um, an it's exercise in, yeah, in wasting people's time, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. A successful one at that. But uh, they had their their hero, Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, the mastermind behind all of their major franchises, Zelda, Mario, and Metroid came out uh, swinging, literally, uh, debuting the brand new Zelda game that all Nintendo purists have been looking forward to. Uh, pretty amazing stuff, full Wii Motion Plus support, so you have every sword slash completely recognized and accurately. Um, Wait, can I ask you what that means, though? What, what, what does that mean? Does that mean like when I move my arm, Zelda, move, or whatever the... Link, yeah, your your protagonist there. It's it's actually pretty amazing. So with the flick of the remote, like you you know you walk around, the sword gets unleashed, and then from that point on, everything you do with your hand is followed with the sword. So even when you're running around and just moving your hand left and right, the sword follows. Wow. And then the slashes are accurately uh, measured. So we're talking diagonal, horizontal, you know, vertical, complete immersion that way. Um, Zelda has always kind of suffered from easy sort of a combat. But then it's always been kind of slash forward, and that was it. But now, with this accuracy, you have a lot more uh, engaging combat where opponents block vertically, diagonally. Uh, it's pretty wicked stuff. There's a lot more strategy involved, which I think is going to make the Nintendo purists happy because they've accused them of making their games a little too easy sometimes. You know? Sure, yeah. It's, during, yeah. it's a child's system, yeah. right? So. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's that's and that's... Absolutely true. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, but, but they can, uh, they, they're pandering to the hardcore gamer this year. You know, new Metroid, new Zelda, they're, they're listening. So cool. no Wii music, too, you know? So no Wii Kazoo coming out. That makes everybody happy. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for thanks for updating us on uh, on, on, the, cool. on Nintendo. Gregory, the, the ability for one-to-one -one motion, um, I'm sure, has you extremely excited. Uh, what, what game would you like to see most? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'm hoping they... Other they than have... the, 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 uh, the wife game, I guess. Right, where you go around <laughs> killing people's wives, yeah. yeah. I've been, I've been yeah. pushing that for years, but Nintendo doesn't like it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll have, like, a sip of coup. You uh, took that in a strange direction, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Violent. I was assuming you meant you get to have a wife. That's what I was going for. <laughs> like, I would rather have Japanese a virtual dating, wife because I don't yeah. have one in real no, life. No, no, no. Yeah. This, this, this game is, since I can't have one, no one can. That's actually immediately where my mind went. I was thinking, okay, now I like the character moves when I move. Can I, like, 
touch a female character. God, you are <laughs> that so wrong sad. because it's a virtual thing. I don't yeah. mean like necessarily inappropriately, but say I touch her inappropriately. Right. You're sad. That's right, and I that and say. that video game woman sues you. But no, I, I'm. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to them applying this to like uh, Star Wars games, you know, uh, lightsaber if, naturally. If they enable lightsaber movement to be more accurate. Cool. I, mean, I mean, at the same time though, no one's trained to be a Jedi, so I would I think lop you off would, your own arm. Right, exactly. <laughs> I would think you would be pretty pretty simple right. moves for games like that. Or at least uh, make yourself a eunuch somewhere along the way. Right, so, exactly. Christian Dupree, you still out there, Christian? I am here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> BBC Radio One. Thank you, Christian. You do you have do you have someone from Sony there by chance? It's quite it's quite extraordinary. You're able to pull one of the most hardcore Sony gamers away from a video game. Okay, all right. So what do we got? What do we got from Sony this year? Uh, a gamer that was hanging around in the Sony booth for a long time. His name is Daniel. Uh, he was there, and this is pretty much what he. Word on mainly about PS3, the, their new motion technology just called Move. Hmm. Here's, uh, here's Daniel. All right, guys. How's it going? Good, good. Nice to meet you. How are you, Dan? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. Feels like I've met you before, but probably not. Deja, Definitely not. Funny thing, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what we have is the, a little bit of Me Too time for Sony. You know, uh, at one point this company was, you know, make, poking fun at the motion technology, but lo and behold, it's time to go ahead and answer back. Uh, so we've got the move, uh, a dual wielding motion control system, uh, pretty pretty reminiscent of uh, the Nintendo concept, but as opposed to you know you got the one uh, you got basically motion control in both hands. Uh, pretty immersive stuff. They had some interesting demos again, uh, very reminiscent of what Nintendo has done before, but uh, obviously. PS3 has the edge here with the, uh, the graphical capabilities. Sure, yeah. So yeah, what, yeah. have they touted any any headline games for this? God of War having this, or? You know, they did have a uh, SOCOM, Navy Seals. Those cool. of you who are strategy guys are going to love that. You know, uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, uh, again, similar, you know, uh, to the Nintendo Wii as far as how it controls, but again, they just, they've got the edge graphically. The main deal that they've got to, Consider is are people willing to invest in the whole new slew of controllers just to you know just to play a game one game another motion controlling uh, machine out there? Uh, I think they're going to be able to do it. It's just going to take a little bit of time for people to, to latch on to it. But I think it, they've got the edge because of the graphics. That's for sure. What nice. do you uh, what do you what do you think about uh, all the developers that have really done things with Nintendo Wii? Because Nintendo has always had to that's, outsource stuff, and third, that's parties, a question. third parties have gone into developing motion technology for Wii. Where right. do you think those guys will probably progress into the I PS3? See. That's the one hang-up with the Wii, right? I mean, Nintendo makes the best games on the Wii. They're a fantastic first-party provider, but third parties uh, have had just trouble uh, really coming up with, with great games. There, you know, there are a few here and there. Red Steel 2 was a great example. But uh, everyone else has just been uh, kind of lagging behind, but... I think that the experience that they have in working with Nintendo is really going to help them uh, build up Sony's arsenal of software. And I think it does stand a great chance of capturing a fair amount of that market as far as the most control, immersive-looking sort of market. Mike Malin, let me ask you a question, buddy. You don't play much video yeah. games. Is, is the ability yeah. to, get, to get off of the, the couch and move around, is that something that interests you? Mm, to be honest... Uh, I mean, to be honest, kind of, but I think I would get tired, like, 
Yeah. Like, I honestly think I would get a little tired and bored within, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So basically, it'd be like everything else in your life. Yeah, so, so not worth the $60 investment to buy the game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, you were talking about 3D earlier. 3D would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm like something like eventually I want to be able to like wear some sort of mask where it feels like I'm actually in the world. I'm assuming <laughs> we'll get there someday. I don't know. I'm just assuming they'll be there. We just learned an it. interesting tidbit about Mike's personal life. Yeah. I see. <laughs> when you say mask, I thought you meant like like it actually hits you back. Like if you get hit in the face, you feel a sensation. In your no, face. no, no, no. I don't. Mm, I don't know. Maybe that would. Uh... That would definitely open up a world for dating games for Mike. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's, that's what I was also where my mind was going, but I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I, I Gregory, Gregory Clyde, just briefly, what, what do you think? The, the ability to get it, you play a lot of games. You're a hardcore gamer. We can we can accurately say you, you get right. up off the couch. What did you do? Is that something you're interested in? Well, I mean, the beauty of a lot of these games, especially the Wii, you don't have to actually move that much. That's true. That's true. You don't actually have to get a workout when you're just playing like Zelda. I mean, you're you can get it down to a, to a pretty simple few move movements and you have the all the moves you really need for the whole game i mean i don't know it i, I like like first person shooters I, I i well i guess the question is uh daniel what what are there going to be first person i mean you mentioned socom but are you holding the controller up the whole time or how does that yeah it's the, that same sort of cool setup you know i mean you know back harkens back to the days of the light gun but of course you've got your, the visible reticule on the screen so it controls exactly the same way hmm. okay Okay. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I don't. I mean, I would wouldn't be able to switch back and forth between controller and just because eventually you just get. I would think you just get tired, you know, constantly pointing at the screen and saying. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, do we have a price point yet? Of how much? Yeah, it's gonna I think cost? it's going to be like fifty, sixty bucks per controller. Oof. That's not that bad. I mean, that's like a game, right? So two games, but yeah. Well, I, I mean, do you have to have both controllers for... I assume you do, yeah, sure. That's that's an interesting question, actually, uh, because the one thing Nintendo has advantage-wise is that on your left hand, you have an analog controller, right? Uh, with the Move, there's a D-pad built into it. So if you're holding both of them, you can only use the D-pad, which can limit your movement. They have added the option to use the original DualShock controller, sure. but that means you're holding the big controller in one right. hand by itself. Right. Which, to me, just seems like a really awkward choice. Yes. I would have rather them add just some sort of separate analog component or attachment like Nintendo. All right, well, cool. Thanks for updating us on uh, on Sony there. Christian, are you still there, buddy? I am here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. It is expensive to get English reporters, by the it way. It really is. They are an expensive lot. We line. definitely have uh, a pot of tea on the kettle with our biscuits. <laughs> In the la in what is what is the worst English accent since Kevin Costner's Robin Hood? Oh um, man! Do you have a representative there <laughs> from uh, from from Microsoft? The final the final of the big three. Let let me go get him. I believe his name is Dan. Okay. Cool. Good. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Hey. Good. Hey Dan, what's up? Nice to meet you. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, so we're talking we're talking Microsoft, and talking Microsoft. that means we're talking. We're talking Connect. Uh, they've been right, teaching yeah. this thing for uh, a little while. Uh, so what's the difference, right? Another motion technology. This time, no controller. What we've got is an input device that sits on top of your television and reads your body and your screen uh, through the screen. So it's pretty cool stuff. I think the main advantage they're going to have over their competitors 
is that you only need this one device. You don't need multiple motion controllers. You know, you can have two people playing off of this one thing that's going to sit on top of your TV, which is pretty cool. Um, specifically, they debuted, you know, the equivalent of like a double dare, or most extreme elimination challenge game, where people, you know, duck and have to jump left and right to avoid obstacles. Looks pretty cool, you know, accurately captured. It's just, again, are people going to want to spend more money to get another piece of software that who knows if it's going to be successful? Sure. Yeah. Mike. Now that you can embody uh, Frodo with the Kinect and walk all the way to Moria, are you excited? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't play games much, but I would be really interested to try it out. I mean, that sounds like a fun party game, right? You're hanging around and then... Yeah, and the yeah could you play this with another person? Because that could be yeah. kind of cool, maybe kind of weird if two guys are doing it. But um, <laughs> I don't know why. I just picture like two guys... Uh, like I don't know. Sure. Right. It worked in the movie. Sure. So, anything else? Any any other big news out of Microsoft's camp, or is is that it? Was there any games that came out of here? Or, uh, hardware. Uh, you know, the Gears of War three, you know, Gears of War trilogy is concluding. Uh, they showed a beautiful preview. Had some some awesome uh, footage and a demo on hand for people to to really get immersed in. The fans of Gears of War are gonna be very happy. Uh, cool. uh, Kick-ass stuff. Ice T is uh, is a character in there. So those of you who can't get enough of Ice T, and you know the rapper. You know, when you're not watching Lost Order, you can now play Gears of War. <laughs> he is a fine actor, though. He, he is, is a fine actor. Yeah, let's not uh, let's not take away from that. So, yeah. Dan, if you had to grade, um, if you had to grade these three these three keynote speeches, uh, what what would you give to, what would you give Nintendo? You know, I I think that with the debut of that 3DS technology and uh, actually taking a, a step back from that, you know, all-encompassing Wii angle and showing off some hardcore games, Nintendo really came out as the best uh, showing of the show, but hmm. not by much. I mean, you've got two other really cool technologies, and you know, the thing about the Microsoft one that I think sets it apart is that it makes it even more accessible. People who would never play video games before, they don't even have to pick up a controller anymore. Sure. So there's no, there's no intimidation. You know, just go up there and flail around like a moron, and something's going to happen, whether it's good or bad. Hmm. So you think uh, you think it was a dead heat here between uh, Nintendo and Microsoft, or? I think so. I think so. I, I just I have a hard time seeing a lot of uh, PS3 buyers wanting to shell out extra cash for the move, but um, you know, we'll see. You know, they could prove me wrong. All in all, though, I mean, motion technology is obviously here to stay. It's sure. not a fat ad. Uh, and you know, to, to get the two other big players showing off their technologies, you know, just is a, shows that off as a fact. Nice. Okay. And uh, your your most looked forward to game? Well, you know, I've, I've saved the land of Hyrule time and time again, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, that was teased to maybe come out at Christmas, but they're de- they're delaying it. Uh, until early uh, 011, so we're going to have to wait for that one, but I, I'm counting the days. Nice, and with Nintendo's track record, it may be, you know, 2014 before it before it actually That's hit. right, that's so. right. Yeah they, yeah, they have their own sort of uh, sense of time, that's for sure. Yeah, their own sense of, um, we, we'll just release it when we want to. Right, the only unefficient Japanese people in the world. Yeah, they are, they are very, uh, very marketing-focused, for sure. So, All right, well, thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks Dan, um, and, and thanks, Christian, you there? Thank, thank all of our guests, please. I'm here. 
Yes. So are you, are you <laughs> headed back to Rwanda after this, or where are you, where are you going next? I am in Baghdad. We are currently... No, I'm not in Baghdad, are we? I, I mean this in the nicest way. You're an idiot, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for leaving your uh, the BBC station and showing up. So they don't pay well. No, that's it. true. <laughs> it's all publicly funded. So. All right. Well, that was that was Christian Christian Dupree and uh, and 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 his various correspondents Dan, Dan and Dan. Right. Um, unrelated. That was one of the more informative interviews I think we've had. Yeah, I was really, I was quite, uh, I was really, yeah, except for the interruptions from our correspondent. I thought I was, uh, yeah, that was, very, yeah, that was, I thought, that was, I mean, that was, that was professional, even. Yeah, uh, even, right. You know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, we had nothing to do with it, but, but, no. uh, we're going to yes, do an old segment that I love called yeah. Dr. Mike. In which we ask Mike Mayla, for those of you playing the home border dice game, we ask Mike, you know, any types of any type of question, you know, we relationship questions, life questions, you know, metaphysical, existential questions. Um, so, Greg, you have a, you have a question for Mike? I do. Uh, you know, Doctor Mike, we've talked about uh, getting VP as a sponsor uh, recently, and I know that they have a lot of workers out there trying to clean up the spill, and there's been a lot of Several reports of people getting sick, you know, being around all this oil. Uh, what would you What would you prescribe to a worker who's out there on the beach, you know, uh -huh. cleaning up poor animals covered in oil? And you know, you're, you're a psychologist and a you're a psychi you know you have psychology degrees and medicine you know. Well, I have psychological problems, but yeah. Yeah. Right, multi you have multiple degrees in multiple fields, and, so. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We should say actually before Mike even speaks here that it's an honor to have him on the show uh, because right. he won the Nobel Prize uh, in peace actually last year, uh, yeah. just because just on his you know philanthropic uh, charity work that he loves to do. Uh, he does hold multiple degrees from the Sorbonne, uh, Oxford, Cambridge, as well as the the University of uh, Physiology in Vienna, Austria. Right. Um, so right. thank you, thank you, Mike. Um, but yeah, I forgot about those. <laughs> oh right. So you're right. Okay. This is, this is this is important. I've actually heard about this. These are um, like fishermen and people like doing the involved in the cleanup are uh, getting like really sick from the oil fumes. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my my first response as a doctor would be just move away from there. <laughs> get out. You don't need to be down there messing with oil. Um, <laughs> I think you need to just people need to just pick up and move out of the Gulf for a while. Like let this let maybe just let nature deal with this for a while. <laughs> let, you know, so let me get uh, you know, it's bad enough yeah, that Pelican's buy a, gonna buy die. It's animals it. being destroyed. Like that's that's no, how, well it's bad, but you know what sometimes That's how nature's working this out. <laughs> Your <laughs> idea is just to move. Right. You make just, an omelet, you gotta crack some well no, but I mean like you know, um, All right, what's your what's your second opinion? I don't want to be I mean, but I think. Well, that's my first reaction, you know. But then you got the diehards that want to stay out there, and you're like, well, okay, I think nature is trying to tell you something, but. No, it's the oil. It's not nature, but yeah. Well, right, but it came from the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Magically, right? Yeah. Magic. Um, it just at ten thousand feet, it just started seeping out. Right. right. Um, For the thousands of gallons. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, right, you know, so usually 
I think I think it's great. I mean, I think you you really. I think that when uh, Doctor Gupta on CNN calls you, that this should definitely be your answer. Yep. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's out there. You notice, I, I actually saw him on CNN. He, he didn't provide any help. All he does is ask questions. It's like, yeah, we know they're sick, dummy. No offense, Sanjay. But, I mean, yeah. Oh, you know, him, you know him personally. That's <laughs> um, I've written to him a few times. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like he's written you. All right, well, good. Mike, I have a, I have a question myself, actually. Oh, sure. This is this is this is just more on uh, on your expertise as a cultural anthropologist. But as you well know, um, a lot of a lot of uh, books nowadays are, are are sort of instantly made into movies, um, right? Very quickly now it seems. It almost seems like some books are written already to be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's your favorite book that, that has has never been made into a movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite book that has never been made into a movie. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Now, now, this is like uh, as a doctor. Yeah, of course. I would never ask you as anything else. Right, as a doctor. Um, you know, the one book that I would love to see on film. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really like. I, I, I try to avoid books as much as possible, so I'm trying to think of a, you know, an actual book. I tell you what, I'd love to see is just like the Bible on <laughs> film. And I'm not talking about Moses, that cheesy, you know. Yeah, are you talking about the whole thing? Or I'm just... talking about, yeah, like condense it into like some three, four-hour epic. Like Titanic was how long? Wasn't that close to four hours? It was three, so I, I, yeah. Yeah, so we could do it. You could do it. Like do a three-hour, maybe push it, do a good four-hour. And, and you would just call it the Bible? I'd call yeah. it the Bible. Would, would James Cameron direct this as well? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I think for what I'm going for, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think we I, need someone of that kind of yeah that caliber. Because I have a that feeling caliber. he would do a really good job with someone Genesis. Who can, like, you know? Someone who can tear up a good story and just blow your mind yeah. visually with robots um, fighting. Or yeah, movie. I think he and I would give him full range to like interpret the Bible however he wants. If he wants to interpret it like aliens coming in, yeah, um, building the pyramids with the Jews, um, that'd be cool. <laughs> Maybe the Jewish people are aliens and and. And so both are right. You know, the Jews built the pyramids, but they're actually aliens from outer space. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm talking about like just compressing it because I think there's some good stories in there that kind of. Um, yeah, that's yeah. They're kind of like, you know. I like uh, your uh, your modest uh, assessment of the of that work. Yeah, yeah. There there are some good tales in there for sure. The greatest story ever told. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would say, um, yeah, I would I would break it up into two parts. It would be like the first half of the movie would be the Old yep. Testament. The Bible Part One and the Bible Part Two. <laughs> and the Bible James, Part Two. Is James the Cameron does the first one. Michael Bay does the second one. He brings right, back right. Lawrence I like that. I like Will that. Smith. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's and, right. And um, yeah, it'd be awesome. I think Jesus would have to be like, um, it would be like Michael Bay. It'll just be a really over the top action. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's got like two uh, semi-automatic pistols hidden in his robes. Yeah, could be. Yeah, and he just pops out, you know, on his on his. Yeah, own. but I would just give him free range. Like if I had unlimited money, I'd say, I want the Bible on film. Go do it. <laughs> and I, but you know, nowadays you got to have like sex and violence, which of course is in the Bible, so it's a seller yeah. right there. You know, it, it it it. I mean, it's written itself. It's there. You just got to put it on film. Yeah. Um, get a good someone with a good narrating voice to do it. Like uh, Morgan it, Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Someone to narrate, move it along, skip yeah. over the boring stuff. Yeah. You know. All the rules, for instance. All the rules, yeah, we can get over that. All right, good. Greg, do you have a final question for, for Dr. Mike? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's in line with uh, our first segment. You know, uh, 
people are going to be moving a lot. You know, they're going to be, you know, so you're going to be, you know, all these games, you have to have full body motion. And we're talking about all these hardcore gamers. Uh, what do you recommend for these really kind of, you know, sedentary kind of, you know, a lot of them are kind of overweight, you know, out of shape. Right. Uh, what would you recommend to these people who, you know, might be a little out of their element? You know, they're, they're, it's hard to work out. You know, it's hard to go from, you know, just sit on the couch eating potato chips to, you know, using a right. Wiimote and moving around a little too much. How, how do you how do you think we should cope, you know, with the couch? <laughs> I, don't I say we. I say we because I'll probably be one of those people. Yeah. So you mean like how to prepare or how to well, like? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, because I, I have a feeling I'll be pretty dizzy after a while. Yeah. Once you, <laughs> once you experience the phenomenon of sweat. Of, I mean, this is know, right. Yeah, Greg, I mean, you may start to I feel faint. Be, uh, I mean, this is why I think it would be good to have these games as long as they become like exclusive. Like no other form of game is available. Um, video game. Like you have, you can only purchase games that are like require you to move. I would still, be good. It's either they're going to get bored of it and stop playing, or they're going to they play. They're going to be forced to some exercise. Or they might actually uh, go live a life. Right. They might get right. up and be like, ah, "This is too much work." Yeah, I might. I'm gonna, maybe I'll just go talk to a real person. Right. Go get a talk. You know. Yeah. Could backfire. They could get depressed and think, you know, ah, I can't even do this. I'm going to go eat. Um, which is what I usually do when I get sad. I'm an emotional eater. Somehow, thank God, I've kept this figure though. It's true. Because yeah. I have a high metabolism. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, you are quite quite, quite the Adonis. Uh, <laughs> so good, thank it's, you. It's smoking. Thank- no, people think you're joking, but I think when you see me in person, <laughs> people are always like, wow, you look thinner in person. I'm like, yeah, I know. The podcast makes me... It, it does make... Visible, it, does, yeah. it does add a certain element of gravitas to your voice. Yeah. For sure. Um, I would... I, I think it's good. I think they ought to put a warning, like, no, fatty should... You know, use with caution on the um, <laughs> just like they put on cigarettes. You know, be like, if you're uh, you, you know, are, fat, you look like this and have a picture of um, it's your sense of compassion that always surprises me. That's right. Well, it, it, it's tough love though, you know, you got to get tough with these people because yeah. what, 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 what society's going when we've let when we've given them freedom. Um, <laughs> I don't even know, know what that means. My <laughs> ideas on what does freedom. that mean to you, Mike? Right, well, freedom to be fat. Look what ultimate freedom gives you. Now, I know, you know, we can talk about this more, you know. No, let's explore this. Go ahead. Dr. Mike, please, enlighten me. Yeah. Well, I think our bodies are closely connected to, like, you know, our health is closely connected to how much freedom we get. So look where America's gone. We're, like, one of the most free countries in the world. And yet we're the most obese country in the world. What does that tell you? It tells you having too it much freedom. It tells me that you, you've taken two disparate notions and somehow <laughs> connected them through madness. Right, as usual. Well, yeah. tells, well seemingly, but um, it tells you basically <laughs> that when, when people have complete control to do whatever they want with their bodies, they abuse it, and sometimes you got to help them along, you know. Sure. Well, sometimes you got to be tough. Thank you, Doctor Mike. <laughs> seemingly, seemingly, thank you. Um, all right, cool. We're gonna finish off sure. uh, finish off this this uh, this special E three edition um, with a course of history. I remember this game. Um, this is uh, this is one where we present a uh, a defining moment, epoch in time, um, a defining event, and uh, and and we we try and import some other people from uh, from fiction or from myth or from other parts of history, and we see if they could change it, if they could, so the world would be different. 
you know, it would just end up differently. So, uh, for instance, we have uh, we have Henry VIII, and uh, and uh, he starts uh, the Anglican Church. Um, so, no disagreement there, right? Yep. Okay, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Now, who could persuade him to stop being crazy and not form the Anglican Church? L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard, mm-hmm. writer of Dianetics and founder of Scientology. Commander William Adama from uh, TV shows Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Or the director James Cameron. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Greg, do you want to try this one first, or shall I? Uh, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, so who goes back to Henry and says, "Henry, you know what? Just just stay with stay with wife. Maybe, maybe, maybe have kids down the road a little." You know, you don't need to kill them all. Right. Well, I I'm going to go with Adama, and uh, for two, well, for probably one main re- for one reason, Adama, two reasons. One, Adama is uh, he he's alone at the top, as it yeah. were. I mean, he does have President Rosalind, but is lonely there. He he's he's lonely. He doesn't have uh, uh, he can't afford to have a romantic relationship. Uh, as such, and he does towards the end, uh, but that's only after his job is done. Sure, yeah. And um, I think I think Adama could help help the king understand that you know, look, you've had you've had like five kids with with the queen, you know, with Catherine Evergorn, but four of them died in childbirth or something crazy like that. And and he could also bring into play his other strength, and that is, you know, his best pilot is a woman, right? I like how you 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 just said Aragorn as if as if she was brought in from Middle Earth. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I believe the house is Aragon, but yes. Aragon. All right. Yes. Sorry. Continue. Yes. Uh, but you know his his best pilot is uh, is is Starbuck, and she's a woman, and so ah. King Henry's big problem is he doesn't think that his daughter Mary, you know, or or a queen can lead England, and so I think Adama could convince him. Look. You know, my best pilot is a badass and it's a woman. So, you know, yeah. you should be you should be content with, you know. Would you let him uh, sleep with her? Yeah. With Starbuck? Is that even a was that even a part of the question? I don't know. I'm just I thinking don't... maybe that would be enough to convince him. Maybe he'll be like. So are you are you proposing a, a, a some kind of affair between the great pilot Starbuck and Henry VIII? Uh, no, I would not. I would not subject her to that fatness. Speaking of fatties, but <laughs> well, no, it was later on in his life. He was right, right, right. Uh, but no, I think Adama could calm calm Henry VIII down and, and convince him to just be happy with his daughter Mary. It was only after his knee injury at a jousting tournament that he began to. Well, don't they also think he had diabetes too? I don't know. I I don't know that part. That's a good that's a good question. But Adama is your final your answer. I'm gonna go with Adama. Yeah. All right, Michael Mailer, what do we got? We got Ron Hubbard here, Scientology, right. Commander right. William Adama, our James Cameron, director of such films as The Titanic and Aliens. Right. I tell you what, I'm gonna go with. Um, I like L. Ron because I think um, just because his name. Crazy. I think his name and, is kind of cool. The name is cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, this Adamo or whatever, I'm not familiar with. Sure. I'm assuming this person is from the future, and I don't think that's going to, the time period that this person lives isn't going to work. Sure. Here's what I'm going with. James Cameron. Okay. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Um, it's, it's not because he's awesome. It's not because he knows how to make a movie. But he does. Um, I think it's because Henry's not going to, see, he's a king, and he, and I, 
picture him as I as I see him on the Showtime show, The Tudors, as this really like arrogant, um, self-centered king who's not going to listen to reason at all. He's so once again, always... most of most of your knowledge of history is based off a, a television show. Television, yeah, but a very fine yeah. television show. Yeah, which yeah. Lots of movies. Um, and uh, so I think Henry's not going to appeal to like anything but his emotions. Yeah. So I think Cameron will be able to like wow him so much that he'll just be in awe. Like he'll br- like he, I'm assuming he'll have some sort of time machine to travel back in time to see. Of course. Henry. So he'll be right. So he'll be able to bring like you know film footage of his movies like the Titanic, like Terminator, like Avatar is going to be the one that's going to blow Henry's mind. <laughs> be like, oh my God, how could I ever? You know, I, I find it interesting that he's not listening to me, James. I find it, he's he's equally impressed with Titanic and and Avatar. Like yeah, yeah. Well, like Titanic somehow gets, that yeah, and Terminator well, and T two. Like, right, T two gets yeah. He, I'm he, pretty he, sure. He, I mean, Henry understands like women and ships, but you know, aliens and AI. No, that that's that's about the same. You know, there's he'll learn. Right, <laughs> he'll learn. So Cameron shows up. That's good. All right, thanks. Good. We're going to go on to the, the second question here. The Declaration of Independence, naturally, signed and began what was sort of a big no taxation without representation. We don't really want to be a part of you anymore, England. Sentiment. Now, who could travel back in time or forward in time, depending on where they're from, and convince not to write this document? Mm. Cicero? The great orator and writer of such works as On Obligations. Apple's CEO, Steve Jobs? <laughs> or Mel Gibson? Hmm. Any era? Interesting. <laughs> Any era. Interesting. Michael Mayle, go ahead. So, well, this is one that I don't know, so we're trying to convince. Uh, uh, we're talking about the Declaration? That's right, the Declaration. So trying to convince Thomas Jefferson not to write it. That's right. Yep, we're gonna. He's this gonna is something sh- I would not want to do. Uh, like, of course not. But this is this is the point of the game. We need alternate history. So who's gonna right. show up and convince him? I'm sorry. What was the first one? We have the great Roman orator Cicero. Oh, Cicero. Yeah, he's pretty good. I suppose. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was pretty good at what he <laughs> Whatever. did. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And actually, he would probably appeal to Thomas Jefferson. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and this. And the second choice. Uh, Steve Jobs, naturally. Interesting, Steve Jobs. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, as much as I think that, see, see, in a way, Mel Gibson could just show up and Jefferson would be like, well, actually, see, he's not from America, so yeah, it would have to be Steve Jobs, um, because Steve Jobs, as an American citizen, can go to him and show him all this crazy shit he's made. (laughs) Jefferson will be like, um, see, he won't get it, because he's actually, he, he lived at a time when... (laughs) <laughs> um, people actually had like br- minds and like rational brains. Nowadays, we're all dumbed down. Yeah, nobody has a brain, and I think it's because of technology, as you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think technology is part of it. Like everything's so easy now, people don't have to think. So yeah. Steve Jobs shows them all this shit, thinking, "Oh wow, Thomas Jefferson will love this." Not even trying to like convince him, um, but it backfires. Jefferson's like, "Whoa, wait, I don't want to found a country where people where this gets made." Yeah, and, you know, become idiots. Um, <laughs> So Jefferson will have the foresight to see that this will destroy our country, which it is. So that'll stop him from writing the Declaration. Nice. So All right, Gre- Gregory Wolf, what do you got here? Um, 
Yeah, I I'm just gonna, blew my mind right now, didn't I? You, you did. Yeah, I, I'm having a. I had to wait a second. To, to <laughs> Let's have them. a moment of silence for the genius that we just heard. Uh, or the death of our of our country via Mike's uh, intricate plan. Um, or inane ramblings, but yes. One or the other. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I gotta say it's probably gonna be. I know Cicero definitely has the art of rhetoric that he at his disposal, and and Jefferson certainly would have read a lot of Cicero. Absolutely. Uh, but I gotta go with Mel Gibson because you know, let's be honest, Mel Gibson was in the Patriot, and he knows <laughs> he knows what to wear. You know, he knows how to blend in with the, with the culture. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he knows how to scream and yell about his the death of his sons inexplicably dying, you know, <laughs> just because they're 12, they still get shot by British officers. I, I'm not quite sure how that works exactly. I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think what he'll do is he'll, he'll bring back a copy of the Patriot because, you know, by the time we figure out time travel, all copies of that horrendous movie will be destroyed. Have been destroyed. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know Mel will keep one, you know, just just for his own sake. And I think he'll take it back with him, and I think he'll he'll show that he'll show Jefferson the error of his ways when, you know, as the climax of that movie comes to its crescendo, uh, Mel Gibson kills a man with the flag with, with the flag, and Jefferson in horror will see you know this is this is what I've wrought with my this is the whirlwind. What I've written, you know, I've yeah. created this this uh, nemesis, you know, this this uh, this uh, this chimera of of Mel Gibson and his war. So I'm afraid, yeah, I think Mel and his bravado and his his pride about this stupid movie is going to show it to Jefferson and have the opposite effect. Just like Jobs. Nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for for playing the, the short course of history. But I figured since we had the interview section go uh, go a bit longer, that'd be all right with everybody. Sure, so, sure. So, uh, so good. As always, you can contact us at rlsaver@aol.com or mikemail at gmail.com. You can check out the fourth time around page on Facebook, and please subscribe and or leave reviews on iTunes for uh, for Gregory Clyde Wolf the second. Sir. Michael Mayella. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say goodbye. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Yep, I'm still still here. Still alive, early. And uh, I'm I'm Ross. I'm still here too. Um, thank you guys. Y- y'all have a nice week. Crazy, crazy man. Yeah, you really. <laughs> Yeah, you need some help. I'm really losing it, I think. I, yeah, you do because <laughs> you actually all make sense. To me. I'm so lonely. Uh, <laughs> wait, I, that's that. That's what did that part like out? I got an S on my chest. Now that's a semi-auto in the vest on my chest. I try not to say nothing. The DA might want playing court, but I want to duck nigga down like it's a sport. Front on me. I'll cut your gun, butt your buck. Do you get money? I can't get nothing with you, then fuck you. I'm not the type to get out for D. Yeah, maybe we should have like a. Not that anybody listens to this show, but if if they did, we should have a, a, a Mike Mail uh, uh, meet and greet. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> come meet the author. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like just you, though. You have a, you have a headshot, right, Mike? Sure. Headshot, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think you should just I think we should have a meet and greet. And we'll say meet and greet with fourth time around, but it's it'll just be you, right? You know, and you show up at a bar with a stack of headshots and and, and three people roll in.
And one of the, the little fun things in the night will be by the end of the night, you know, you can put in little suggestions in a box, maybe how Mike can get a truth back, and then yeah, we'll pick the best one at the end, and, and whatever that is. And I mean, do you think that you lost it at some point, or? Or did you ever have it? Yeah. No, I think deep down I still have it. I still have okay. it. I just, I just know how like lethal it is now, so I try to like, keep it at bay. How poisonous it is, yeah. <laughs> like you scare yourself, like you, you, you're you're afraid of what you could unleash upon the world. Oh, Mike! Oh, I think it's, I still got it. I just feel like is it is it like is it like looking into the abyss and it looks back at you yeah, kind of thing? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I'm like Patty LaBelle, homie, I'm on my own way. I lay my hats, my own. I'm a rolling stone. Cross my path, I cross you. Thinking I won't touch you. I had your ass who's in a wheelchair. Can't no crutches. Industry hoes, fuckers. In the hood, they love us. Stop a bone, not your ass with some brand new chuckers. What up, blood? What, what up, cuz? What, what up, blood? What, what up, gangsta? What up, blood? What, what up, cuz? What, what up, gangsta? What up, blood? What, what up, cuz? What, what up, gangsta? 